0: My name is Chris Thompson, and I'm here to inspire you to go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can get bigger with your profits.
1: Welcome to the Go Big to Get Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host, Steve Arneson, and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. All right, today's episode was with Student Works owner and head coach, Chris Thompson. Chris started his career in student works painting and as the opportunities arose, was able to eventually buy into the company and take over full ownership. Chris is a high performing individual that has become well known for his leadership skills and ability to coach young entrepreneurs to become successful business owners. I promise you are going to love the genuine heart and good energy that he brought to this episode. And it is abundantly clear that he truly loves giving back. And as he goes on to share about how they donate a flat fee from every job to the MS Society, you'll definitely hear that come out. I can't wait for you to hang out and hear from the incredible stories and our new good friend, Chris Thompson. All right, I'm excited to welcome today's guest, Chris Thompson to the show. Chris, thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. Hey, really excited, really excited. Thank you so much, Randy. Thanks, Steve. I'm fired up for this, and and I'm excited. When we asked you about, you know, what your title was in the company, and and you know what you like to do, you're like, I am not a a C level exec. I'm nothing like that. I'm just the head coach for for student works management program and. I absolutely love that. And I'd love to just start, you know, maybe that's how you can share a little bit about your story and a little bit of your background. I know you have quite a well-adverse background and we could probably spend, you know, hours just going through all your different stories, but I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about the, the head coach part. Like, why do you love being a coach? What got you to being that point? And what got you to wanting to be like a mentor or advisor to so many incredible up and coming entrepreneurs? A great question, uh, uh, Randy. I, like when I think back about being,
0: um, you know, sort of uh, a young high school aged, I, I had some really in impactful teachers. So that was something I was thinking about. I was an elite national level uh, swimmer, so I, I, I swam with three coaches who were national team coaches. I swam with two world record holders. Um, but I always had a, a sense of wanting to be an entrepreneur. So when I looked at my career path, it was like pretty bureaucratic as a teacher that really didn't get a lot of thought by the way but it but but I like the idea of teaching and training which is something I do and the same thing with uh, being an elite uh, coach as a, as a swimming coach pretty bureaucratic didn't see the same opportunity so for me the, the the path I chose was I get to be an entrepreneur I get to teach and train and I get to be a coach and really what I am is I'm the head coach like there are 25 coaches on our team um two Vps 25 coaches. Who all go and coach these amazing entrepreneurs these amazing student leaders and so that's what i am again i'm not a fantastic executive uh not a great strategist and uh well you know again not not, not you know i I'm, I'm a great head coach and that yeah. i'm committed to
1: i love that man and that's gonna resonate so much this whole podcast i can see steve and i just itch like we could probably interview you for an hour and a half <laughs> just, some of the, just that one intro we can go so deep in so many directions um uh, I would love to talk, you know, you just talked a little bit about how you're not a good executive uh, level thing. And, and you shared before this that, you know, on the, on the Colby score, we just had Justin Breen come in and talk a little bit about that before in a few episodes. So, if you haven't listened to that one, I recommend doing it. But you said you're a, a 10 quick start. Like, you are all about that. When you are now, uh, you know, let's just fast track your story here a little bit. You decided you wanted to get into Student Works and you ended up buying into it after you went through the program. You ended up buying into it. What were, like your thoughts in your head as being a quick start driving the vision and wanting to grow this brand and everything like that on the go big side you how did that help you do that and when did you realize oh i cannot do operations at all as a high click start and needing to to get some support there
0: well i'll start with the first part of the question first so i remember in my second year you know group of students where do we gather we gather at a bar okay not that it was a big drinking affair but but we're sort of meeting after work and I remember sitting around going, wow, guys, this is going to make such an advantage for us career-wise. We're going to be so much further ahead. And and now thinking back on King Chris there, like, and there was no one there to impress. It was just, I was so into it. And I, I'm sure they're like, Chris, can you calm down? Let, you know, have another beer, relax, or how the Blue Jays, you know, and just calm the heck down. So for me, I looked at my life and I, and I thought, I just love doing this. I, I already saw that I could make really good money doing this um never thought that we could be the su- size and success that 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 we've actually created but it was just like this is this is the path and and the 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 two founders who are still good friends of mine um that um uh, I took over for i I think saw it and naturally they saw their business as as a, as a way to make money right that's a good thing right as a you know but but very practically this this can you know, you know, supply money for my family, supply supply success, et cetera. But for me, it was always this vision of really, really impacting these leaders and really, really making a difference in the world. And so I got excited about it. I stayed excited about it. And then when did I really discover um uh that I was that I really wasn't managing the business is is much longer than you would have thought because I I I was really good at coaching and enrolling people to come into my business and 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 so i had a lot of success and i had a, an admin team that did admin um so but um i struggled and it was really in the blind spot for me what i was missing and and you know you don't know what you don't know so for me thinking back on it wow if i had, had a controller or, or sorry, if my partner, who my wife and my love of my life, if she had started working with me earlier, we would have been much, much wealthier and we're wealthy enough now. So it's not a, not, not a concern, but it would have been way, way less bumpy. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> and there were a lot of, lot of, uh, you know, small T trauma in, involved in, in, in the, the pain and suffering of not identifying that and not knowing what you don't know. And if I think as well, Randy, no surprise that I wouldn't know I was a history student So I conceptualize everything. I, I, you know, I simplify everything. That's what a quick start does. And that doesn't always work in a business or to say the least, it it works really well in one part of the business, not so
1: well in other parts of the business. That's so fascinating. And um, there's so many directions I want to go here. So I'm going to ask just one more question and probably pass it to Steve to to ask a few more Um, as you. Uh, saw the success and step in when did you realize that you wanted to actually take over and buy the company and and actually step into it versus just running a division of it or was that conversation organically where the where the founders wanting to get out or were you like hey i see so much potential here i want to step in and and really blow this thing up how do i get a part of the ownership group things like that
0: yeah i think so often in life you know for 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 people listening I, i think opportunity presents itself So, so, you know, the, the two founders originally they split and then one of them, I think, wanted to sort of just manage, you know, kind of the financial risk and also get two other people on board to really run it and energize it. And, and, and not that he wanted to separate, but, but that's, that's his vision of it. And I was like, I'm all in, you know, like, okay, great, let's go do that. And then the second opportunity that was in 1989, the second opportunity in, in, um, uh, Eighty nine and ninety ninety two was basically, it was the economic downturn. He bought too big a house. We had, we had some expansions that didn't go well, and the business was failing. So I got I bought it in a turnaround, um, and and that was a, a fantastic opportunity. And uh, so those were the two things that that I saw. But but you know, there's no question as well. You know that people who wait around who are excited, who are creating results, find opportunities. And that's certainly something that I think think was was going to happen. Um, you know, I think back as well, one of the things that my partner did, and not that I took advantage of it, was I had the business because I had all the relationships. Now in the end, I didn't take advantage of that. We found out a deal, we we structured a deal that was great. We're still good friends. And and I took advantage of of of, of that relationship and we worked together for a long time. You know, this business is a, a big cash flow. We lose money for eight months. And so for a long time, as I was trying to struggle, it would be, up, oh, hey, buddy, can you, can you give me 50 K so I can see it through? And he knew that, hey, first, la- last money in first money out, he was fine. And he did that for four or five years to help me sort of until we could, you know, build, build our resources, et cetera. That's a great relationship
2: to have, right? Yes, Absolutely. You mentioned results, and and I'm curious around that because, like, as head coach, you know, one of those, I don't want to say KPIs, but, like, one of those KPIs is kind of like, where's the results? Like, show me the money kind of thing. Like, Jerry Maguire, show me the money. How, how are you managing, like, the, the result engine aspect of things versus the effort engine of things? Oh, I love that. Okay.
0: So, uh, we've got wiser over the years. I think if you just manage results, um... You you end up uh, getting lies because because people people throw sand. Oh well, it didn't this or didn't this. So so basically, what we coach is we we separate it out. Steve, what was your commitment last week? How many hours of marketing did you say you were going to do? Oh, as I recall, it was fifteen. Now, did you do those fifteen? And 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 so 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 and then um, and then. If, if they didn't, it's like, so um, what was your commitment? What was the promise you made to your business? Okay, now what are the impacts of doing that, Steve? And how's that going to work for you long-term? And, and let's, let's think about that. How's that going to work in the middle of summer? Because we coach a lot of this in January, February, March when, when, our, when our teams are getting started and they're discovering their lack of, of power of their word. You know, mm-hmm. will they be their word? And so we really work to get them to be their word so, so that's the effort part of it, and then, then over time, it becomes less and less of a thing. And then the second piece is, what are the results? How 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 impactful can the results be? And then all of that is just simply, let's listen to their calls, let's be there at their meetings, let's 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 just it's it's skill development. Maybe it's mindset. Maybe it's uh you know uh you know improving their environment. But but we try to separate it out. And we 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 do our best to allow people to quote unquote fail, and it's not right or wrong. It's just mm-hmm. oh, so, Steve. You didn't do it when you said you were going to do it. No. Okay. So hey, what's the impact? How how are you, you going to have that powerful life that you want? And 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 what we want and what happens is all of a sudden the, their eyes shift up and they go, "You're right. I'm not going to have that really successful life if I do this. I actually have to be my word. I have to get." And put the time in that I promised my business, or I won't have my success that I want.
2: You get to see, um, you know. Uh, so, rewind in one second. Like the the average demographic that you're working with, students. Yeah. Yes. So yes. younger, um, also like on the verge of adulthood aspect yes. of things, right? Yeah. Um, and you've been able to see hundreds of these people come through the business year after year after year. Some become you know incredibly successful uh some just find that it's not right for them right i'm really interested to ask you about this whole kind of like thing that i've been seeing maybe you know experiencing a little bit about um like millennials being like less kind of motivated or feeling entitled entitled i think from all of our guests on the show you're probably the best person to ask because you see that transition from i'll say like last generation to this generation in a sense yeah what are your general comments on, I'll quote it as a myth for right now? Sure, sure. Well, um, see, see, the cool thing
0: is, is I'm uh, approaching 60. So um, I've seen it and I've seen a, a few generations at this. And so, so whatever generational traits there are, that's not what the top 1% or 5% or 10% have. And mm. these same myths, these same comments were made about the kids in the '80s and the '90s oh, really? and the 2000s, always the you know the 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 generation above always you know whatever um, has it harder. Demeans, we gotta work up demeans. the snow both ways. Yeah, d- d- demeans demeans the the younger generation and 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 so so uh 100. There are some there are definitely some generational traits, but. Our top operators are unbelievable, and just like they were in the '80s, '90s, 2000s, and they're they're just unbelievably committed, unbelievably driven, unhealthily so. In 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 fact, at, at times, and I, I'm sure both of you know what that's like as entrepreneurs. So so that th- those are the types of people we attract to our business. So we're not dealing with um, again slackers, or they're just not going to make it if they, if they somehow got through the interview process, which I couldn't imagine it. They, they they're just um, Everything we're talking about is, you know, one of our values is work hard, play hard, have fun. So, so I, I'm Amen. a big believer that one of the best ways to recruit is to actually just be so apparent about your values, you know, that, that it's a beacon to say, we are this way. If you're not this way, you don't want to be here. One thing that we we always say is, you know, people who are, who, who come work with us have big engines. They have big engines. They don't know how to turn them off. We, we the first thing we do is get them to work. But then it's like we teach them how to turn them off sometimes because they have such a hard time turning them off. So that really frightens people off who are who are scared or sorry, who are who are, you know, victim mentality or I want to slack or mom and dad are going to pay for everything. Those those people don't don't get approached by those types of uh, values. Another big value that we have is the results economy. You pay what you you get, what you're worth. So, again, people who slack
2: don't want to hear that. (laughs) How are you seeing like, or has there been a difference between previous generations and current one that you get to work with? Because uh, I'm just thinking from an employer, any employer, whether you're your Facebook student works, the reinvestors, whatever that might be. Um, like at one point or another, we're likely going to be hiring somebody that's in similar demographic. Yes. Yeah, Somebody who's hungry, who has that engine that we see potential in that is uh, you know, on the younger side of of the, the career, you know, that timeline of things how are you motivating those individuals today well i'm a big believer that
0: motivation doesn't work you know if you really think about it it's what works is a commitment so so um um as an example you know athletically you know i didn't wait to feel like oh i'm i'm interested in going to work out today i'm motivated to go work out when i when i won junior nationals or number eight in the nation at, at university championships um um, and we won the national title as a team, I didn't wonder, oh, am I motivated? No, you just go. And then all of a sudden, when you go and you see your buddies and they're crushing it, then all of a sudden you go, wow, or you just go to the gym and then all of a sudden you bring it. So so it's more of a, of a commitment to the vision of your life, not about motivation. And of course, I'm pretty motivated because people find that sort of talk motivating. Yeah, choose your hard, baby, choose your hard, right? But But it really is, people are motivated uh, because of 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 those big goals big aspirations they have and then they just show up right and then the motivation comes like one thing I, I like to say as well um, it's kind of a favorite thing and I think it works in life in general is I've I, you know I'm really fit 60 year old and um, and why well it's not because of my best workouts it's because I've mastered the shitty workout. I don't feel like working out I go work out I'm committed I go work out. So, so it's, 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 you know, that's also, okay. I, I don't feel like, uh, you know, doing this thing I need to do for my business. I'm doing the thing I need to do for my business. Cause I understand the impacts of not doing it. And I'm committed to my business. I am committed
1: to my customers. I'm committed to my, my team. That's so powerful. I love everything you're preaching right now. Cause it's like, <laughs> this is like the 1%. This is what separates you from, yeah. this is the people that are going to go on and do big things and, and make it suffer of people that make excuses and won't. And yeah. so you've obviously seen a ton of that. You run a podcast that's all about talking to some of your previous students or people who have gone through the the program that have gone on to have some big success. Are you able to kind of like now that you've seen so much with your gut, pinpoint some people that come into your organization, say, oh, you have some qualities, some skills, a trait that you think allows them to continue to success after student works? I'll say, like, you know, they come in and maybe they have some success there, but the what the the 1% go on to actually create other organizations or businesses, as opposed to just going and being, uh, you know, VPs and companies, I'll say, they go and create these massive things that you've shared with me of, you know, hundreds of million dollars of revenue and companies. Yeah. Is there some qualities, traits, or things that you can see in people that allow them to do that? Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's, it's one of those things where number one, it would be grit. You know, Angela
0: Duckworth writes about that. You know, it's like somebody who just goes and, and digs deep in anything they do and they, they commit for a while. Like for me, my swimming. I committed for a long long time i learned learned um what it took to become really really good now, now again not i was not world class but national class and then you go and take that trait and you move it into a business so so one of the big things is is grit i think a huge thing is just you y- the need to achieve The just the need to achieve i'm you know i'm driven really successful people are driven i we just had one of our operators who just who just rolled up an industry and uh they just went public 100 million dollar valuation uh you know and and he's just beyond the beyond driven like he was our top operator in 2013 it's 2010 years later um and 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 just an enormous risk that he took he got he got paid like dribbles for years um to, to go to go and do it and he just is so committed so focused um um, to, to 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 do it. I know this week as well. We had one of our operators, top forty under forty. Um, um, so he's 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 around thirty two, thirty three. Uh, he sends all sorts of money back to Lebanon, his family. Um, he he he's just incredible. He's running running a franchise roofing company. So it's just. I think the other piece is just this overwhelming drive to to succeed, to achieve,
1: and and of course to contribute as part of that. That's amazing. Um, one last quick question here, and then I'd love to start jumping our way into some of the giving uh, stuff. But as a uh, leader yourself, you know, I see the passion in you for one to create and, and build more leaders in this world. And you obviously do that from the top down. You have some of your VPs, and then you have some of your coaches, and then you have some of your operators. How hard is it and was it along the way? And this is something that's just a personal challenge, I think, for a lot of uh, visionaries that are just wanting to jump into the business and solve the problem for someone versus letting them do it. So, you know, you're working with your VPs to work with their coaches. How, yeah. how hard was it to not overstep them, but empower them to have the tools to work with their coaches to make those steps to success.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I guess I've been doing it for so long. It's really, it's, it's difficult to say how hard it is. That's one of the biggest things that we coach though. And in, in a coaching paradigm, it's, so, Randy, what, what are you challenged by? And what do you think? And how do you think the best solution is? And what about this? We we just ask the questions and continue to ask the questions until the person discovers the answers. And it's it's so much more um effective. It's not very efficient, but it's so much more effective over time because then pretty soon people go, Wow, I've got this. And I don't need to call Chris anymore. I want to call Chris or I want to call Luke or Samantha, whoever's my coach. But I've I they're they're really again teaching me how to fish not get throwing me a fish and uh so so I think that that's really something that we've really got ingrained in our culture as coaches and I I, you know um one of the big things I do as a head coach and our 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 senior coaches all do is we listen to zoom calls and we just we we watch them and how how they doing are they asking more questions and then well what about this question what about that question and 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 just you know uh, what we want to do as leaders or sorry, not leaders, because that's but, sorry, as leaders, but we are not acting as leaders when we do it is show up and throw up, show up and tell them what to do. Right. I'm anxious. And and it's and I think a lot of times for people, it's really an anxiety. Like, I want to solve the problem. And it's like, it's OK, you know, and, and by the way, as well, like. I think when there is, quote unquote, an identifiable problem, I think we can relax. We've identified there's a problem. Okay, what are they going to figure out? Okay, now, and, and and ultimately, even if they get to 90% and you kind of tweak it at the end, you want some coaching, Randy. Can I coach you on one other thing? Why don't you do, do, do go into this mindset? Great. Okay, once you have that call, call me back, right? So it's kind of a, you know, that, if you look at it that way, it's kind of a micromanaged thing, but they want to call you back. Oh, it wasn't so great. Or, gee, I kind of got confused. What What should I do? Okay, great. So a lot of times that, that sort of, you know, given, you know, they go, they go and try to solve it. They come back, they get more coaching, they go and try to solve it and move it, move it along, but you're aware of it and,
2: and
1: it's allowing them to discover the solution. I love that. That is a, I think that is like the epitome of leadership is just when you can have the patience to allow that person to operate and want to come back for more advice. You know, they're not scared to 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 make a mistake because they can always like, lean back. And I was just thinking to the business coaches Steve and I have worked with, and sometimes there's so many frustrating moments. Like, just give me the frigging answer to just solve this problem. I know you know it, and you're sitting there yeah. laughing, yeah. Uh, but you want me to go, figure it out and create the work and it's the same thing when i figure it out it's like oh my god i just did the thing i figured it out i'm so proud of myself yes yeah that's why i'm a good coach because i could have told you the answer but i didn't and that makes me a good coach so exactly uh, it's the opposite of of what a lot of people think coaching is of of just giving somebody the answer it's actually allowing them to have the patience and support to go find it themselves so i think it's brilliant what you're doing yeah thank you um i want to transition a little bit now into uh the giving round you know this is going to be such a fun section for for our conversations because you do so much giving through your business and everything you've done and um i would love for you to just share just kind of the whole story i know you shared a little bit with me but how did you guys find i know you work a lot with the ms society how did you come into that why do you want to give back and then we can dive into the impact that's had on your operators and your team along the way
0: yeah so um Leah Herdman, one of our former coaches, basically at a at a you know uh, a team meeting, just just the coaches, we were just talking about you know, hey, how can we make the company better? And she said, well, I think we should figure out a way to give more. You know, we were doing at that point paint trainings at the time, charity paint trainings, and um, and we were just a small company doing a, about three million dollars for the business. So it was really, how do you approach a big company? to actually make an impact to actually have them engage with you well at the time our vp cory mckinnon um it's still a great friend he his uncle was involved in the ms society and then one of the people i used to um swim with uh on the national diving team randy sageman he he ran corporate events so it just seemed like a perfect you know oh this is speaking to us and so we we basically i i remember the first meeting we went with randy and we're going. We're talking about well, this is what we could do, and and we're going. Okay, yeah. Why don't we add uh, five dollars to every job? Okay, great. And it was like, and then Randy started to say, "Well, here's what we're going to give to you. We're going to give you all this press, and we're going to, you know, you know, radio and inter uh, internet and you know, fires." And both Corey and I look at each other, and we're like, "If you're giving us this stuff, well, then." How are we helping you? I don't understand. <laughs> and because we were, again, really committed to giving. And he said, no, no, no. Here's what we do. We get CFRB. We get these radio stations. We do all this online stuff. We get it given for free. And then we give it to our to our national sponsors. We're like, oh, that's fantastic. And so we kind of learned like our intention was completely giving, was completely we wanted to give not what we could give back. But over time, what we've experienced is, well, again, one of the biggest things that happens um, when students go and find out of our program on campus or through another student is, hey, what what about this program? Who are they? Why should we trust them? Gee, it sounds too good to be true. They can make how much money? Well, MS, Society of Canada, the fact that we're a national sponsor and have been for 20 plus years, really speaks to... Oh wow. Like look at the letters they get, look at the r- letters of recommendation. It takes something to be a, a national sponsor. If you look at who else's national sponsors, huge brands like Mr. Lube and ANW and and others. So so it it, it really speaks to um, who we are as an organization. And um and 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 again, that is who we are as an organization. Uh, but the 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 upside is is it really speaks to it and it helps our credibility. It also helps when we're booking jobs, but that's, um, we tell everybody when we're booking jobs, who we are, what we do with the money, et cetera. So, so it's hard to judge. Um, w- w- uh, but, but we know that that definitely would impact, um, yeah. just because everybody feels better when there's some charitable aspect or c- cause you could see it happening more and more, but so often it happens, let's set up some charitable concept rather than it's actually inward to, 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 to do. And then, oh, we get this benefit, you know? So, so it's like, we're setting up this, this dynamic that they teach in business school, um, rather than no, let's just do bill or more. And, and isn't the world such that the more, um, the, the, the more you achieve shouldn't also the, the more you give shouldn't, shouldn't that be linked. And we obviously all believe that. Right. And, and we also understand as well, what we get is just a way better feeling about our organization, about who we are as people. And that's just a wonderful space to
1: be in. That's so, uh, dude, you're making me, give me the goosebumps. I'm like this, <laughs> this is exactly what we preach, is you know, 86% of all consumers from a old report said they prefer to work with an organization that has some sort of giving component to it versus one that doesn't. And doing that with authenticity is the key factor to getting people to want to work with you or trust you or be involved and then to back it up with all the testimonials you guys have and all the work that you do it is a very authentic brand and i can can just like feel it and trust it and that's where that difference is it's not just a pr scheme it's actually just yes. who you are as a human and you can probably just feel that come down through your vps into your operators that when hey when you work for student works this is how you operate there is no other way around it like you said as part of those core values you donate five dollars to the ms because this is the impact that we want to make uh in there so i'd love to share a little bit of uh you know what that five dollars now or ten dollars whatever you guys are, are at now what is that doing for the operators how is that helping them give back? How is that inspiring them? And the impact that it's actually making for MS now, as you continue to add more operators and scale more, you're definitely going to be able to give more.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, we a, a number of years in, we we recruited and enrolled the the West Coast. So so uh, uh, now it's if for a number of years, it was over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So we've raised over two two million dollars. Um, uh, one of the things that we did a number of years ago, my wife actually did it as a project was, was we enroll all our, all our operators, or I should say all our operators, but a whole group of them, um, in all the, uh, number of the different markets to have a car wash. And so again, it's kind of the work hard, play hard, have fun thing is we basically run these car washes. So, so what do we do? You know, sunny day in, in June, fun, have a bunch of fun, raise a bunch of money, shake coins all over the place. Mostly, we raise money by people emptying their coin jars and giving it to us. And then, um, and then that night, there's a huge party in all sorts of different cities across eastern Canada celebrating. And one of the things that we look to do though is is we really look to catch catch our students feeling great about giving and knowing what we know. When you give, you feel better it's it is it is a selfish act okay you know quote-unquote right you can't not you 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 feel so good it's quote-unquote unselfish but it's selfish you go wow i feel so good i feel so much better about myself and that this is what my business is doing and as i get more and more successful i can actually give more i can do more and so a lot of times we've had operators um actually double the amounts or, or raise extra money or do extra things. They act, they ask their, their clients and they, they go above and beyond, but even just, and I shouldn't say, but, and even just doing what they're doing is just amazing. And we're hoping to catch them at their, you know, 18 to 22, 23 stage going, this works. I want to do this. I want to keep doing this. Uh, so, so it's not just about, um, I don't know, just this business framework that they caught up and then Chris's philosophy. No, this is what I want the rest of my life.
2: Chris, I love it. And it's like setting good habits at the age where you're so like influenced by your surroundings and especially influenced by like your superiors, I'll say, or your mentors. Yes. <laughs> Would you say that you yourself are visionary or integrator? Oh, visionary for sure. So, throw your visionary cap on, which I know you have on now. Sure. Um, let's throw a hypothetical out there. Okay. What's the world look like if 90% of businesses add someone like that, a given component into their business? Oh, wow.
0: Um, like, I, th- I think the world, the world is shifting. The, the, you know, the, that if, with the world that I came into... It, it's it's like business was simply about making money, right? Peter Drucker. It's it's about shareholder return. More and more people are saying, no, you know what? How, how do we support our community? How do we support our teams? How do we support our our clients? You know, the the greater world. And so so having something like that would just make such a massive difference. It 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 is. I know there's lots of concerns in the world. And again, if you don't listen to just regular media. I hear about all the good things that are going on in the world and in the, in the, the shift in the, the world's consciousness around what, what really is, is, is happening. But that, that would be just a massive, massive difference uh, mm-hmm. that, that would happen, Steve. I
2: do think we get there until we get there.
0: Oh, um, 90% is a big number. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. yeah, cause, cause you know, it's one of those things where, where, you know, just, just practically, there are some people who are just selfish. Like, so, so, you know, so it's, it's, they're, um, they, they really do see the, the pie's only so big, we can only get some part, part of it. And a lot of that, by the way, is all happens because of the unsafe families that they grew up in or situations that they grew up in. So, so again, not, not try Cares to judge scarcity mindset, but versus abundance. So. So, so you know their, you know their power is shutting off. Their cell phone doesn't work. It's really a tough to be in an abundant a- mindset. So, mm-hmm. so that that would be the one thing, um, you know that. And and by the way, it doesn't need to reach ninety
2: percent to really have a massive, massive impact. I agree, and thank you for sharing that. I think it's a really cool idea to explore, and you um, know, it always kind of brings maybe a little bit of motivation or inspiration, or just a little little extra ethanol in the tank uh that day but um maybe a little bit more of a personal question to you uh, one of my favorites that we get to ask on the show is can you tell us a story that involves giving for you that really just pulls your heartstrings and gives you goosebumps one of your most favorite moments of giving yeah so so for a long time i i
0: really told the story of ms that i just told you but there's a bigger story um and the story is is that um my wife had a clinically isolated event. So basically we were in Cuba and she couldn't see, she couldn't see. She is started to see double. We went to a Cuban hospital, which was frightening. We jumped on the next plane available. We went home. It was during SARS. So the the, the hospitals were all shut down or sorry, you know, no one was in them. And we went in, uh, we, we, we saw a leading, uh, MS doctor and basically, basically, you know, said you have MS. And I remember, um, we went to, we, we went to a, you know, I know a bistro or whatever afterwards and I I was crying and, and I'm like, I saw this lady across the street who MS had ravaged and she was so angry. She was in a hospital. She was sorry. She was in a wheelchair. And I just saw how it so massively impacted her family. She had a young, young, young daughter, the age of my eldest daughter. And I thought, how the hell am I going to do this alone? How the with my partner who isn't gonna be able to be here with me and, and and the way I I we we envision. And um it was it was frightening. And um, you know, uh, us being us, Helen said, hey let's 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 kick this let's you know what can we do and and helen was like meditating three hours a day and 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 just you know and i was managing the kids and doing all the things and we were just dug in and um basically what ended up happening is she had one of the rarest rarest forms of, of ms which is called a clinically isolated event and, it, and i couldn't tell the story for like at least 10 years because she felt like, oh no, this is going to come back. This is going to come back, and it hasn't come back. And so we took this, just really, really, I know, horrible, but it wasn't horrible. It was incredibly, uh, what a blessing for us um, that that this came and passed over us. And and yes, it was a frightening six months and or even longer. But we took that um, and and turned it into something really great, and turned it into a lesson. And now we tell the full full story. And it it definitely gives me chills um, about um, how our life could have been different and how it hasn't been
1: and how 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 uh, how blessed how blessed we are. Mm. Oh man, I uh, I feel for your family. That's, I, I know some people that have gone through MS and the challenges that come with it, and yeah. and to go through the trauma of being diagnosed with it and then always being on the edge waiting is probably it's not like it wasn't like a celebration i'm sure there was always just a little pit the entire time
0: yes exactly and and, and more like my my wife uh my wife is definitely more of an anxious person for so so definitely for her it was like yeah. you know and and um you know it's 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 interesting you know how how partners go through things there there's always a difference but for sure it was it was very stressful um, and, and, and again, we've, we've, we've had many, many of our, of our, um, you know, family members. There's always somebody in a group who, 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 who has, who has MS. There's always somebody who's, who, you know, lots of people know, know somebody. I think it's half of Canadians know someone with MS. You know, it's a big, big event, big, big, um, you know, uh, um,
1: impacting can. Wow. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. I know that's uh, part of your guys' mission now is to just spread the word and and support and love. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, We're going to jump into our giving round now, though. Some rapid fire, quick answer questions for you. And uh, so we'll start off by uh, asking, uh, brag on one charity that you like that isn't the MS Society. So another one that you've supported or seen that you've really appreciated.
0: Well, you know, to me, the big one is cancer, you know, so the Cancer Society, Princess Margaret has an enormous, uh, you know, bike, bike race. And so, so, you know, uh, um, you know, cancer now impacts over 40% of Canadians. If you're over 60, you know, 40% of us have cancer. So, so it's, it really is, uh, impactful. They're making so many strides, uh, you know, can, you know, and, and again, I think it's, um, you know, one thing that we don't do enough is is really praise Canadian medical system. Yes, we know the challenges, but we literally have s- some of the leading hospitals in the world, Princess Margaret being one of them. Very cool.
2: Amen to that. Thank you. What would get you more excited, donating a $1 million check or spending a week physically helping others? Um, I, the, the, the first one, I can't imagine my, my week
1: would give a million dollars of the value. So, uh, <laughs> that's a great answer. Um, who inspires you with their giving? Who
0: inspires with me with my giving gosh, it's so, it, 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 it's funny what causes me to hesitate. Like, like I, I just, um, Bill Gates, um, you know, uh, Warren Buffett, um, you know, and, and one of the challenges that we have in our community is, is, that, is that these people aren't perfect and that, you know, sometimes the, the stands are, gee, what actually happened and who knew what and all these sorts of things. And it's like, no, these people went and are, have been massively successful and then chosen to give an enormous part of their money away. I think we, we deserve to praise these people and that they are normal people, like meaning called human not, 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 not perfect. No one is. So, so, um, so again, you know, it's almost like when you, when you say someone's name, it's like, Oh, well, I don't know, did, you know, they did this or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just, I just think it's really great. And they've gotten out in front of it that have, have, you know, on the very, very wealthy scale, having people sign a giving pledge and, and, and give, give money away, etc., and have less legacy money. Um, you know, it is a, I think it is a real concern, um, Uh, and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the fiefdoms that get created, the family fiefdoms and, and, and that they're, um, it's really hard to, to have a a family over generation and generation, generation, not being messed up. (laughs) So, so having a whole bunch of money going and getting well-placed and well-used. And and I think if you look at the, the, the Gates foundation, they've done a whole lot of great work around the world.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, said. do you think that entrepreneurs should, include a giving component from day one or wait until they've seen a little bit of success and have some money in the bank?
0: Well, I love, uh, I know this is an Anthony Robbins, but you know, they, they, he talks about if, you know, you, you know, 10%, you know, I think, I think that's what he likes to give away or something. So 10% of a hundred bucks is 10 bucks, you know, a million bucks that starts to really matter. And then, you know, a hundred million dollars. Oh my gosh. So there's, there is something to just putting it in right from the start and uh and 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 just making it making it work as part of the model and not at uh, 10 is way too high but but you know the the dollar of 100 you know and just just having having it grow um
1: as, as part of it and and again just that much more of a motivation absolutely um if you were to create a definition for go big to give big yourself what would it be
0: go big a definition <laughs> um so so uh not not short enough for a definition i'm just an enormous yeah. bigger believer in going big because when we go big it really creates it creates just so much more opportunity that we can get it that we can get bigger and 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 you know if we look at if we look at um one, one thing, again, I've read lots of biographies. If, if you look at really successful people, so often they're successful because they have big visions. I, I know another thing is a lot of times they're family members. They have kids. Well, what does that mean? It means it puts actually more pressure on you to actually go and need to raise more money, need to do be more successful. And then as a result, you do better. Okay. So it's kind of like this pressure actually, um, it it, 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 what hel- helps form us, it helps, it helps create, create more and more success.
2: I dig it. What's the number one emotion
1: you feel when you give? Joy. Mm. Love us some joy. The, uh, the final question we got for you, uh, today, Chris, the age old question of, uh, do you believe that money can buy you happiness?
0: money cannot buy you happiness. So sorry. Um, and on the other hand, certainly money, um, money magnifies your happiness for sure. Right. Money, money enables you to again, be generous with, with, uh, um, well, just as an example, uh, one of my really wonderful friends had a, had a financial setback and we were able to step in and, and, you know, be a stopgap. What a fantastic thing. You know just just you know just be able to be able to do that and that was that's because of the success that we've had you know feel joyful you know mm-hmm. um to to sort of to sort of to sort of do that and and, and had we not we wouldn't be able to but uh but the, but the money um you know without the relationships without the
1: health without the love money's money's uh money's money's not a whole bunch absolutely that's a great way to describe it man well yeah thank you Thank you so much, Chris. This has been uh, a ton of fun and, and, uh, an interview I was really looking forward to and, and getting to have. So thank you for coming in. I want to give you a second to brag on yourself for where people can get connected to you or learn more about some of the stuff that you have on the go right now. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, so, um, number of things, leaders of tomorrow podcast on any
0: podcast you can hear about all sorts of amazing, um, uh, you know, student leaders and alumni have been part of our program, uh, Talk about uh about you know values and, and how they've made those things happen. We have a website, studentworks.com, studentworks.ca in the, in the in the West Coast to find about really amazing student leadership program to come and get involved with. If you know any amazing leaders. And then also if you just know of people who want to find great summer jobs and working with amazing student leaders, you can go to those two sites. Uh, if you're looking to, to connect with me directly, I'm on LinkedIn, Chris Thompson, T-H-O-M-S-O-N so uh you can you can uh, connect with me.
1: That's amazing. And I do recommend everyone check out the the podcast. It's great. There's some some incredible stories I've listened to quite a few since you mentioned it to me, and uh, it's just very motivating to hear a lot of these people that, like you said, you kind of pick needles out of haystacks for for these college kids and and give them the right training and watch them succeed. And I'm sure that's got to be rewarding on your end uh, getting to interview them years later after they've had fantastic. success. So
0: yeah, it's fantastic. It really is it you know, for me it's it's uh um I uh, it it really is motivating, you know. For me, just constant energy about what what gets achieved, and and in pretty pretty regularly, it's like, especially with LinkedIn, you see these things pop up, and you, you you see another promotion. I just saw before I jumped on one of our one of our <laughs> operators just got a promotion to a senior lead, and you know, in a sales organization, SaaS sales, you go, oh, is that a su- super cool? So it really, it's it's um, everything that we do is not about how do you paint more homes how do you clean more windows how do you make more money other summer but it's about how do we create more leaders and and what it's all preparing for that big future and re- and remember in so doing it actually means we're going to run a really big great business this summer so it's not again it's not self you know unselfish but it really is setting up these huge futures and then later on I'm 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 feeling awesome when all these things happen, and 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 you know cheering and inviting them back to trainings to talk, or jumping on Zoom meetings to talk, or jo- joining us on a our podcast.
1: Absolutely amazing, Chris. Well, thank you so much again for coming in and inspiring us to go bigger with our dreams and goals, so that we can give bigger with our profits. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of go big to get big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can. And it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.